The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andrzej Salveson. It's Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. New week has started. How's your weekend? It was good. A, a little melancholy at our place. Shipped off one of my kids. He's going to be gone for about three weeks. That's it? Yeah, not for too long, but... Oh my gosh. Wait, did you sit there and sob that your kid's going off for three weeks? You no, did, didn't you? I didn't, but my wife may have. Not, she didn't sob. She was sad. It was, it's different, you know, when you send off one of your kids for a while. It just has a different feel in the house. We haven't done that yet. We've sent them off to you know, one week at a time here and there, different ones. But this one's going to be gone for three weeks, so it's a little different. But um, Wait, okay, wait, wait, aren't you, wait, 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 what, what are you going to say now? I, I was going to actually start talking about sports stuff. Why? Why? You didn't even ask me how my weekend was. Look, just because our little guy, uh, the uh, counselor, what, what's his name or what, what's his role? Um, the Eric, help me. The um, oh, I know the word. I'm just want to see how long it takes you to get it. No, not not the uh, the consolidator. Um, <laughs> consolidator. What's the word? Uh, you got half the word right. Um, is it the aider part? <laughs> no, the first part. It's the consultant. Oh, yes. Our consultant. Yes. He consults and consolidates. So, uh, look, just because he says we have to get into the show doesn't mean we have to really get into the show. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not quite sure I understand. What so is. I went to go visit my old gramps yesterday. You know, say hello. How is he doing? He said he lives at the senior citizen center. So I went inside to go visit him, and my mom and dad are there with me. <laughs> And my grandpa has these two flags on the back of his electric wheelchair. One's a U.S. flag and one's a flag of the of the senior citizen center he, stand, he, he uh, stays at. And my grandpa goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, I need a new flag. And I was like, oh, what will a flag? I mean, I thought it was like the state flag or something. And he's like, uh, I, want, I want the rebel flag. I was like, what? Grandpa, do you know what that means? Yeah. Yeah, I know what it means. I want one. I was like sitting right there. And then, I mean, I won't go into detail of the discussion we had, but he explained to me why the reasons that he think it'd be cool to have a rebel flag. Are, are there reasons that are cool to have a rebel flag? No. I'm unaware of such reasons. <laughs> me neither. Anyways, so my, my weekend was horrible. Thanks for asking. I saw a video of you having fun over the weekend. Oh, man. That park is awesome. You were a busy little bee. Oh my gosh, yeah. I am so sick of taking photos and videos, but I will have to do it tomorrow through the rest of the week. No, it was fun. It was cool. And the food was great. That park's awesome. Was it cold up there? Uh, It was a little bit. Uh, It was snowing at one point, actually. Ugh. I'm not even kidding you. It was snowing at one point. But the people who kept coming through wanted to stick around, and I mean, credit to them. Well, it's going to start getting nicer this week. So I hope so. You guys are going to get busy. Uh, hey, speaking of this weekend, a lot of cra- a lot of craziness going on. We go, you know, the College World Series is is pretty much almost set um, to where uh, it, it's uh, it'll be ready to go for this Saturday. Uh, game five tonight. We know that Durant is playing. How much of an effect it will have, we'll find out. Uh, Toronto takes care of business on Friday night in the most business like manner. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, as you heard at the top of the hour, David Ortiz, the poppy. Um, Gosh dang it, man! Shot in Dominican Republic of a guy trying to rob him is what I had heard. I don't know if that's is that official then that the guy was trying to rob him or something and, and shot him. But then I heard the guy as soon as he he got the he got his uh, he got a pretty good beating from any everybody that was around him just turned around and started beating him up. So they had to take the guy to the hospital who had shot David Ortiz because he had had so many injuries. And then they were gonna of course put him in jail and. Go from there, but scary. That's scary, man. The poppy. I mean, he's he, he's a hero to Boston. He should be a hero to the Dominican Republic people or to that you know country. And 
to have to go through something like that is just horrific. And it's just downright scary, Eric. Yeah, it is scary. Uh, it is scary. And you know what? Props to what the Boston Red Sox are doing. Um, and uh, th- they're sending a, a plane, a very nice medical plane, to the Dominican Republic to get him, to bring him back to Boston where he can receive the best care. And they're, they're doing that all on their dime. It's not because Ortiz says, you know, Hey, when you a few on. rings, come you help guys me out. To take care of me here. Uh, but also, really interesting comment from Alex Cora. And uh, we're talking about David Ortiz. And you mentioned he's kind of like a superhero. Uh, or oh, my gosh, man. Bigger than life personality. Yeah. Here's Alex Cora talking about Big Poppy. I don't know if, if here they said, you know, but back home, you know, they talk about superheroes without capes. And he's a superhero without cape. That's the way we see him, you know. So he'll be okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never liked the Red Sox. I couldn't stand Big Poppy when he, when he was playing for the Red Sox, and I was this big Yankees guy. But um, a Hall of Famer like that and a true standout, um, dude, that just it, that scares the absolute world out of me that someone would take a shot at him and, 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 and try to take his life. And, again, like you said, credit to the Bo- – I didn't know that. The Boston Red Sox were sending a plane to, to get him back here to take care of him and – I think that is incredible. So, yeah, are so have they done? Learjet. So he was stable, right? So is he in Dominican Republic still? Yes, he he's uh, uh, from what I understand. Um, he is. Uh, I just threw it away. No, you're good. <laughs> it was an incomplete story. The Associated Press but is reporting that David Ortiz is on his way to an airport. Yeah, he is. He's not. He's still in Dominican Republic. He will be heading to Boston. They did do a surgery to stabilize him. He's got injuries in his liver, in his uh, uh, in his intestines. That's that's pretty scary stuff. It, very uh, serious internal injuries. So the the what they're able to do in the Dominican Republic, from what I understand, was enough to stabilize him, so that he can make that trip, and then he'll receive additional care once he arrives in Boston. So kind of a scary situation there. Um. So he is, uh, yeah, he's going to be heading to uh, to Boston uh, later today, from what I understand. Uh, and he will be in Boston by tonight. Good. Yeah, let's get him back here. Because, but, you know, well, never mind. But certainly he was a big part of that team. He was a big part of that community. He, he was one of those larger-than-life characters uh, that helped – Break the curse and bring home championships to Boston, dude. He's the most clutch hitter in Boston Red Sox history. So, kind of a scary situation there. Hope everything goes okay. For Absolutely. Him. But um, he has been released from the hospital in the Dominican Republic and uh, will be in Boston by this evening. They've sent essentially a medical Learjet to go pick him up on their own dime and are going to help him with his uh, medical concerns to get him right after he was shot uh, in, uh, in the Dominican Republic over the weekend. So it was in his hometown of Santo Domingo. And that's sad. That's stupid, man. Sad. He's in his hometown at a bar that he frequently visits, and, and he's walking out, and some guy tries to, I mean, put... Ugh, stupid. It's stupid. It's dumb. This world is so messed up. Welcome to the world, everybody. All right. I better stop there before I say anything I'm not supposed to say. Uh, Eric. uh, Besides that, though, there were some really interesting things in baseball over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Awesome things. Uh, There was a great Sunday night baseball matchup. Cubs took care of the cards. All right. And no one cares. It had the lowest ratings ever in ESPN history. You don't even know. Uh, By the way, speaking of good baseball over the weekend, Green Canyon and Mountain Crest both go to tournaments in Idaho Falls. And both come out of there undefeated. Green Canyon goes 6-0 and and wins the championship in the Idaho Falls tournament. And then I think it's like Montello, Idaho. Uh, Mountain Crest goes 5-0 and and wins the championship. Region 12 just beating up people all around everywhere they go. Yeah, good for them. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And Because, you know, Green Canyon lost a lot of talent. Now they're led by seniors like Tanner Watson, Jace Davis, 
uh, Carter White, Jackson Riggs, kids that, you, I mean, you heard of Tanner Watson because he's a regular starter on the varsity baseball team, but the other kids you haven't heard of. And now they're out there and they're making, you know, they're making some noise and uh, and they're making an impact. That's amazing. Mountcrest, on the other hand, loses one senior in Brady Hall. They get everybody else back and they're proving for a fact that, hey, we're still the best team in this region. We're going to go out and prove it in the summer. That's So credit to both those Region 12 teams. Uh, Ridgeline went out there. I'm not sure what their record was. If anybody's listening to our show and is a Ridgeline baseball, text me or tweet at me and let me know, and we can announce that as well. Very cool stuff. Uh, one last thing with, with baseball, because I know there's a very big thing going on tonight we want to spend plenty of time about. But did you see the Muncie versus Bumgardner dust-up? Oh, dude. You know what? Go ahead. Yeah, I saw it. So, uh, LA Dodgers, it's in the first quarter, or first quarter. <laughs> first, I'm thinking basketball already. It's in the first inning. It's in the first period. <laughs> yeah, first period. Uh, and uh, Muncie hits a home run off of Bumgartner, goes into the McCovey Cove, right? Goes, splashes down in the ocean, and he's. He's excited. He's watching it. It splashes down. He's like, yeah, you know, he runs, starts going to first base. He hasn't even made it to first base yet. And Bob Gardner's yelling at him, don't watch the ball. Just run the bases. And Muncie's looking at him like, hey, if you want, hey, if you want to watch, you go get it. down my alleyway, then <laughs> go pull it out of the ocean. <laughs> That's the best. And he keeps that. chirping at him the whole way around the bases. I would too. If, if, if a pitcher's telling me to run after you threw a curveball hanging dead center in the square box and I take a whack at it and crush that thing 420 feet or whatever it was, I'm going to look at it. If you don't want me to send it, don't give it to yeah, me. Yeah, don't. And yeah, you know, if, if you're going to tell me to run, oh, I'll take my time doing so, buddy. It's a jog, it's not a sprint. I'm not Sammy Sosa. I used to be all about, hey, you know, just keep it professional. There are the unwritten rules. You don't showboat, but you know what? When when guys start doing things, and then the pitchers and the other teams start getting all hot and bothered, it's starting to bother me more and more and more. Just how thin-skinned baseball players are. I mean, come on, yeah. I no. And plus, I think make baseball fun. You know what? And baseball I have needs fun. No problem with him staring at it. If you hit it that far, you have every right. And by the way, it's the Giants and Dodgers. They really don't like <laughs> yeah, each other. People have way. figured it out, and people don't like Bumgarner. Not just around it. The National League, but the American League as well. In fact, I remember when in an international or excuse me, an interleague game between the Detroit Tigers when Torrey Hunter was playing on Detroit, he hit a pop up. And he slammed the bat down, and he goes, gosh, dang it. And you could hear him say it. And then, and so he starts jogging. Bump Garner's like screaming, hey, you start running. You start running. He doesn't even watch it. He's upset at himself. He's not even talking to you, buddy. <laughs> Shut up. I know. I'm telling you, like, if he does ever get back into this series or when they play again and he's, pit- and he's hitting, I darn well guarantee you they're going to throw at him. And if he stares at them, they're going to say, hey, you run. I just, baseball, it, I'm getting more and more bothered by some of these pitchers and other people Quick on these baseball Sally teams. Hurt, man. They're like, I'm going to throw at you next time. Yeah. Next time you come to the plate, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. Because you had fun. Because what was it? Do you come remember on. when Cliff Lee threw at Bryce Harper? Uh, I mean, he just hit him straight square in the back. And this was just after uh, Bryce had hit a home run in the previous game, and he watched it. He stared at it. Young kid. He was young. I think he was, like, in his second year. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, they, they threw at him, and, and, and Bryce was upset, obviously. And uh, and you could see, I think it was, um, who was the Phillips second, or who was the Philly second baseman? I can't remember who it was. But he looks at Bryce, and he goes, Next time you run. And Bryce is like, excuse me? Now, I'm like a second-year guy, and I crush a home run off of somebody. I'm going to watch it. I, I love it. I have no problem with somebody staring at a home run. I do have a problem, though. Like, when someone gets beaned, just run. Go to the bag. You're on base. That part, when people stare at the pitcher, even when it's accidental, they'll just stare at them. Dude, you're on base. Just get to the bag. Just act like you've been there before. In that case, I agree. Um, I honestly, I don't mind 
if the occasional player charges the mound, the benches come out. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm that's cool fun. with that. Yeah, that that right. gets your juices flowing. If gets you're a the fan. fans into it. That's a nine inning baseball game. A little bit of an intermission break with a brawl. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Doesn't happen every day. No, I'm not no. Trying to incite violence. I'm just you know. Well, it's sometimes it makes it exciting. I mean, let's. I mean, look, it's it's. We need to make baseball fun again because nine innings and three-hour games are really starting to become dull for a lot of fans. I'm enjoying it. I love the game itself. But fans out there who go to these games, they want a little bit of entertainment. So if someone hits a home run and stares at it, I love it. Do it. Those are huge plays. Oh, that- and especially at home. With yeah. the home crowd, you watch that thing. You know, crowds cheering, you're up. And, you know, if the pitcher has a problem with it, don't put it there next time. And then, you know what? If I, and I, I told you, if I'm L.A. and Bumgarner's up to bat next time, I pull and straighten his hip. And if he has a problem, fight him. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Fight him. <laughs> I, I mean, look, Bumgarner's the one that started it. You finish it. God, I miss, I miss old-time baseball, dude. Old-time baseball and old-time basketball were awesome. Like John Starks going after Jordan. John Stockton going after Jordan, Dennis Robin going after everybody. I miss those days. And now it's just, it's sour basketball. It's sour wuss basketball now. Oh, hey, we're going to be on the team next year with each other. Let's not fight. I miss it. Well, what, how would you describe old-time baseball then? What, what was great about baseball previously? A, it, it was now? fast. There's a, there's a diagram between a game from 1998 no, 97, and a game from 2014, I believe. And it was an at-bat. The 1997 at-bat went to a full count. While the uh, at-bat between the Yankees and Red Sox with David Ortiz up to bat went, was like a 2-2 count. The at-bat that went in 97 was 48 seconds quicker than the at-bat with David Ortiz. Baseball used to just be bam, bam, bam. You don't need to like, you know, you know, wrap and unwrap and then wrap again your gloves and tie your cleats and, you know, fix your makeup or whatever. You just, you know, you go there, hit your cleats with the bat twice, check for the manager for any kind of a sign, don't get it, step, them out, step inside the box, let's go again. So is it more of a, a problem with the, who's in the batter's box or who's on the mound? Oh, that's good. That's a great question, Eric. That's I kind of a feel like really the, good the pitchers question. take their t- no. Old I'm sweet with time you, too. absolutely. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. Yeah, back in the day, I mean, Oral Horstrad was one of the quickest workers in baseball. Um, Kurt Schilling was actually a pretty quick worker too, as was Randy Johnson. Both really quick, and Pettit was. Um, Pedro Martinez took his sweet time. Uh, but there were some pitchers who just wanted to go. You know, back in the day, game was quicker. And and not to mention, uh, I feel like the game was, you know, we talked about fights, but I feel like at the same time, the game was respected and played right. I know there was the whole steroid era with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and I'm one of the very few unpopular opinion guys in the minority that say that saved the game of baseball. Whether they cheated or not, I don't care. That saved Baseball. It made baseball exciting. Huge. And I mean, as a Cubs fan, you had to be thrilled watching Sammy Sosa go after that mark. You know, and that made you stare at WGN every single day. Or if you missed a game, ESPN News. Did Sammy get one or two? I think you started, you look at the projections. Boy, the way these guys are going, they might break records here. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I mean, the, the game can't miss TV. Yeah. And, and back in the day, players were so like, Cal Ripken Jr. broke a record of playing consecutive games. Didn't sit out once. Hammies, hurt arm, broken nails. Uh, you're, there was no load management. They gave me the wrong kind of bowl of cereal for my morning breakfast, and I'm not playing. None of that. It was, I'm going to play. I'm going to enjoy playing. And I, and then there's the respect to the elders. You know, I still remember when Cal Ripken was playing his final All-Star game. Alex Rodriguez was supposed to play third. He would refuse to go play third because he wanted Cal to take that spot because that was his position. There was a respect for the great, the people who came before you back then. And I feel like that's gone now. Um, and I mean, there's just so much about good old-time baseball. I know we're way off target, but, dude, I miss it. I, I would much rather go back and watch a game from 1998 or 99, you know, the great Greg Maddox, and then and, and watch him pitch against that great Yankees lineup. Or, you know, I'd much rather watch a game from back then than, than watch one now. 
I don't so, want to enjoy it as much. So besides bat flips on home runs, I love it. How how else can baseball become quote unquote fun again? Quicker. Just speed it up. Yeah, let's speed it up. I mean, look, fans sit there for three hours and fifteen minutes, you know, to watch. I don't know, and it's it's I guess it's an okay game, but fans want to see a quick game. I mean, just a bam, you know. Let's just get to see point. action. Yeah, they want to. There you go. They want to see action. They don't want to see mascots run around the field to see who gets the third or home first. They don't want to see a green dude, you know, beat somebody in a race by a mile. You know, they don't want to see. I mean, they a want to see. green dude beat somebody yeah, by a mile. Yeah, have you seen that fast guy? Whatever. He, I don't know who. It's a <laughs> mystery guy in a green suit. And he gives someone like a 10-second head start or a 20-second head start. And then he goes and he beats them by like, honestly, like a solid 20 seconds. And usually the guy who's uh, who's racing against the green dude, it quits. Just quits because he's just so tired. I mean, people don't want to see it, man. They want to see good baseball. And I, and I think you could do it from that regard. Um, home run hitting is up. I love that. I love that, by the way. I am absolutely okay with that. Fans want to see the long ball. Yeah. I mean, it's... And it, but you and know it, what's down? Who steals bases anymore? See, that's another thing I miss. When, I mean, you don't see people still. There's no Ricky I, in, in baseball anymore. Oh, man. Do you remember Ricky Henderson? Yeah. He would go even without a sign. He would just go. He would look at the picture. You'd want to tune in to watch the Oakland A's just to see if he was going to steal a base. Exactly. And you he was going to sneak him. one away. Exactly. And, I mean, and half the time, the manager said this one time, I wouldn't even give him a sign. I was just trusting that he'd be able to time the pitcher, and he would go when he knows he can go. Although, did you see um, Odor stole home, stole home this weekend? See, That's see, something you never see. Love that. that was awesome. And you know what? Baseball fans are not walking out or thinking, "Oh, hey, that was a great one." Nothing. They're thinking, "Did you see that steal home?" Oh man, I'd love to see that again. About that, they want to talk about the steal home. They don't care about the score. It's just, man, I miss. Is it because analytics is killing the game? It's killing the game for the fans, but it's helping the game for the teams, you know? And so I can understand fans being like, look, this is boring. But the teams, I could definitely understand why it's more part of their game. I mean, did the Dodgers use analytics? Oh, at their, heavens. At, at, yeah. Against themselves yep. in the World Series? Yep. Uh, they sat some of their best hitters. Yeah, a couple other sluggers. teams did, yeah. But I know the Red Sox were moments. kind of big into it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it helps teams. But, I mean, for the fans, it's like, well, God, you know, I mean, because the team's not going to steal anybody because they're like, look, you know, based on this percentage and what this pitcher does and how many times he throws over and this catcher's speed of getting up and throwing, it's it's hard, impossible for us to go get a base. But um, you miss it. I mean, honestly, I, look, I think about that old 4 ALCS. Dude, they threw analytics to the wind, and they just went. Dave Roberts – knew everybody in the stands in the world the mascot the popcorn guys knew that when dave roberts got on base against mariano rivera he was going and you know what dave roberts didn't care and neither did terry francona and francona just looked at him and said gave him a wink and said go and so you had this you had this cat and mouse game between mariano i'm getting chills thinking about it between mariano rivera versus you know, versus uh, Dave Roberts, and you know Dave Roberts ends up winning it by that much. Uh, you know, you, you missed the Cinderella stories. The Cubs in sixteen, people were dying. You, as a longtime fan, dying to see these boys go win a World Series. And I can't imagine what Game Seven was like watching the Indians, who were desperate for a ring, who had been this close so many times and not got it. To finally have that chance after that Davis home run to tie to go to extra oh. innings. I mean, and then you have the rain it delay. Sick after that. It was an incredible story, man. The Cinderella versus the team that was cursed. The new curse. And uh, and it was gorgeous. It was great baseball. And now you got the Houston Astros who dominated everybody, then get up there and they play the Dodgers who were supposed to be there in the first place. You know? So it's different. It is. And and but I don't know. Who knows? That is way off subject. That was some fun baseball. But that talk. was a heck of a baseball conversation. By the way, College World Series starts up this Saturday. I, I, are you a college baseball? You're probably not into it. I love watching I, Omaha. I don't really get into I, the pageantry, World man. Series. Dude, I don't watch the Little League World Series. That just I can't watch the Little League Series. It's too hard. It's just bad baseball. I can't do it. I try. It's it's kind of like the. 
the things we try to sometimes we make fun of, you get the announcers that just really try to draw <laughs> out these stories to make it so dramatic. You're like, come on, these uh, kids playing ball. Yeah, I know, he's like 12. Uh, you know, but no, there's some great stories. I mean, you think about it. Number one, UCLA, out. Number one, LSU, out. Two, Vanderbilt, got in. North Carolina, North Carolina out. Um, Oregon State, first team as a one seed, gone. You have these other unranked teams who are stepping into the College World Series who haven't been there in 24, sometimes 46 years. And it's some great, great pageantry. College baseball is beautiful. Uh, I can't wait for this Saturday to begin. It's it's going to be fun. All right, Game 5 in the NBA Finals tonight. There is added intrigue. Kevin Durant (laughs) allegedly is going to be able to play and that could make life very, very interesting in this series. We'll tell you about how just that news has totally shifted a lot of people's mindsets and just how far the Vegas line has moved just in a short amount of time. Plus another story uh, in in the NBA uh, about uh, a longtime player who's announcing he's retiring, a guy the Jazz could have had, how things could have been different for Utah's futures had he's had the Jazz selected him over someone else. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. He's been in similar situations with us where he's had long layoffs, and um, he's, he's Kevin Durant, so, you know... He, if, if we if we have him out there, he'll be he'll be a threat. We know that. That was Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr saying, "If Durant's out there, he'll be a threat." Question is, not so much will he be out there because it's sounding like he's going to play. The reports are that he says he's going to go. Steve Kerr calls him a game time decision. <laughs> But I, I, he'll go, but he won't be. It's not one hundred percent. He won't. He won't give you forty minutes. He won't give you thirty minutes. I think it'd be surprising if he gives you twenty. In that case, I don't think. I mean, the business-like manner that the Raptors handled the Warriors on Friday night at Oracle Arena. If that, if you're a Golden State fan, you're scared to death right now because it's like a machine. It's like I mean, do you remember that third quarter was amazing? Oh God. Just mind-numbing. And, and I mean, do you remember like when the Russians played hockey in 1980, when they scored a goal, nobody smiled. Nobody cheered. Nobody celebrated. All right, let's get back to the eye, circle up, and let's go again. This Raptors team has that same kind of mentality. There's a video of them walking through the tunnel back to the locker room after the, after the win. They had just beaten Golden State by 13. Kept them at arm's length the whole entire second hand. But when they're walking back to the locker room, Kyle Lowry, no smiles. Marcus All walks back. Someone stakes out their hand to sh- uh, give him a high five. Nothing. Siakam, nothing. No smile, no nothing. A couple other guys come through. Danny Green, Van Fleet, nobody smiling. Then comes from behind him, Big Kawhi Leonard, Mr. Stoic. Nothing. I mean, he had just led this team on an absolute beating of the Golden State Warriors at Oracle Arena. And he acted like they're having to go to jury duty. <laughs> well, I think that's... Uh, that mentality, Eric. Part of it is the, the team reflects their best player. Yes. And I think that the Being coach, a- is Coach Nick Nurse, is doing a great job saying, look, guys, we, we haven't won until we've won. Yes. And until yes. we win four games, there's nothing to celebrate. I was talking to my boss who was mowing lawns for me, Don, and he and Don told me something really interesting today. As we were sitting there, he said, you know what? Kawhi's been here before, AJ. We often forget that that first trip of finals between the Spurs and the Heat, and that the Spurs were one rebound, defensive rebound away from winning the finals and beating the Heat. Instead, it caroms off to Chris Bosh, who pitches it back to Ray Allen, who plants his feet behind the corner three and drills it. All of a sudden, they go to overtime, they lose that game, they go to game seven and lose that one. 
Kawhi Leonard was this close, Eric, this close from having two NBA Finals MVPs and being 3-0 in the Finals. Well, what would be 3-0 if he were to win this one? Right. I mean, he's that close. He knows, he knows in the most excruciating way that you can easily lose track and sight of where the goal is because you think you're way ahead. It takes one slip up, one trip, one lost rebound, one foul, one stupid shot to ruin it for everybody. One dose of overconfidence. And you have this small window against a great team. Right, because granted, granted, Kawhi, or excuse me, Kevin Durant, if he plays, you, you got to wonder what his conditioning is going to be like anyway. Hasn't played in a month. Hasn't played in a month. Uh, and then how, how well is he going to be able to go, really, with that type of injury? Mm-hmm. That's a, certainly a concern. Even though he is on the court, he, he helps you. But uh, uh, the other thing to consider, too, Clay Thompson. A little more time between game four and game five. A little more rest, a little more treatment. I think he'll be more of a factor in game five than he was in game four for Golden State. He should be. He should be. He looked gassed after the first quarter. And you know what? They did exactly what Toronto, I think it was you that said it, but they did exactly, Toronto did exactly what they were going to do with Thompson, and that was just run him like a ragdoll. I mean, they ran him through so many screens that on offense, Thompson would get to the other side and just start walking. And just and just hope to heck that he wouldn't have to go rover across the baseline from left to right or right to left and, and, and catch and shoot. And, I mean, at one time he airballed a three, completely missed. And you could just tell his legs had nothing left. And do they do the same thing with Durant tonight? Do they say, you know what, we're going to run you. I mean, we're going to run you everywhere. Whether you're guarding Siakam or Kawhi, we're going to make you work. Yeah. Make him really stretch out that. And you know what? And I got to be honest, I think it's even more scary if that Durant has to guard Siakam because Siakam is such a threat and is so active energetically. Kawhi knows how to spend his energy, does it in a smart way. Siakam, just, I mean, he's like an energizer bunny. He just goes. If Siakam can hit a few shots early, he'll be good for the rest of the game. Uh If he can't, then he's effectively shut down. That's what happened to him in game two. Yep. Uh, Draymond Green focused on him. He never got on a rhythm, and he was not a really effective player. But if he can get a little bit going early, then he's great for the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard, he, as you talked about, he knows the value of a closeout game. He's been there on the good side. He's been on the negative side of it. <laughs> he understands what's on the line tonight in Toronto. I mean, obviously, you're playing against... Uh a better team, championship team. Um, that's pretty much the only difference of it. Um, other than a regular playoff game, you're just playing against a better team at that point, point in time. It, you know, that good for him. He, even though his team had the better record, his team has home court advantage in this thing, but he's still calling Golden State the better team. Toronto has the, the right mindset. They, they don't feel like they're the favorites. Yeah. They're going up against the reigning champs. They're going up against a team that knows how to win championships. And so they feel like they're the underdogs, even though they have home court advantage. And they can close this thing out tonight. If they don't, it goes back to Oracle, another chance to close it out. If they don't, then it comes back to uh, Toronto for a game seven. And the other thing to that is, I think Toronto understands if they go to game six back in Oracle, you're not so sure that you're going to get the same result you had in games three and four. No. that I mean, it's a brand new team, brand new life, brand right, new energy. More, more time for Clay Thompson to get feeling better. More yep, time for you don't play to Thursday. get feeling better. Yeah, you don't play till Thursday. So there's a real urgency for Toronto to close this to out. Put this thing away. Because um, Golden State is very capable of oh knocking out three in a row. Oh, my gosh. And, and without breaking a sweat. And, you know, I, I, it, would you find it ironic that they came back or that they let go of a 3-1 lead against the Cavaliers in the finals in 2016. Now they have a chance to come back from that 3-1 that, you know, and, and put away those those nightmarish, you know, memories of, of giving up that lead. And now you got to turn around. If you can do this, if they can make this comeback, I'll tell you what, that would be something. 
Uh, we talked about Clay Thompson, his availability, his continued recovery from his hamstring injury. Here's what he says about uh, feeling, getting, getting himself back to normal. Did not feel good after the game. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm a little sore, but just more mentally and emotionally, just kind of it sucks losing at this stage. Any finals loss is hard, so you got to digest that. But um, physically, I feel great. Like I said, I was like 80% the other night, so I'll be inching closer to 90 to closer to 100. And that's got to be a concern if you're Toronto. Not because of what he can do offensively, but also his impact on the defensive side of the ball, where the, the, the defensive presence the, wasn't quite as good for, for Golden State. Toronto had good spacing. They were able to pass the ball around. I think Clay Thompson does a good job of limiting some of that. So that'll be an important key for them in their game tonight. Uh, interesting side note about this. Saturday morning, so this is immediately following the win Friday night for Toronto, and the the Vegas odds makers opened up the sports books, and right away, right after that win, knowing that Game 5 is going to be in Toronto, at this point we didn't know anything about Kevin Durant's health, but Toronto was opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That started to slide a little bit, but not a lot of movement over the weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. But then today, this morning, it's been moving more and more to Golden State. And in fact, now, now that the announcement has come out about Kevin Durant's availability for tonight, Golden State is now favored by one. That is a huge amount of movement when you look at the considering what happens on the, the, the Vegas sports books. Now people do all these uh, sports betting. So a lot of money going for uh, Golden State uh, to uh, to take care of business tonight and to get back into the series. <laughs> On the road in their favorite? Yes. That's crazy. I mean, Durant's not even 100% healthy. That's that's crazy to me. I man, how much again? It opened at uh, three and a half for Toronto. It's moved all the way to one in favor of Golden State. Yeah, that blows my mind. That that shouldn't be the case right now. You know what? If you're Toronto, you take that and say, "Okay, cool." If you didn't need more motivation besides closing out a game, you know, a game five at home to win the NBA Finals for the first time in tra- franchise history, you take that little line right there. And say, hey, look, just because there's one guy for this basketball team that's coming in back today, playing for the first time in a month, they think they're going to win. Oh, dude, no, not not in our house. That that's totally unacceptable. That should prove good motivation for Toronto. Oh, but I, 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 I know, like people are going to say, well, look, you should have enough motivation by winning Game Five of the NBA Finals. Sure, yes, absolutely. But some teams would be absolutely terrified of Durant coming back in the lineup, even if he was 30 to 40% healthy. Toronto's not scared of Kevin Durant. I can tell you that right now. They've been waiting and preparing for him to come back. As long as Kevin Durant can get to a spot on the court, no matter how long it takes him to get there, he can shoot over the top of just about anybody yeah. on that Toronto, uh, in that Toronto lineup. Um, I mean, there's going to be guys that are going to, climb the ladder to challenge him. And I think Siakam can do that. Um, there may be an interesting case where uh, Serge Ibaka gets uh, put on him. I thought it was interesting when in that third quarter, uh, how Friday night, how they went big and had Serge and uh, Mark Gasol playing at the same time to secure rebounds, to secure second chance opportunities. And that really was a huge thing to get them going in that uh, second half to turn the tide in their favor. Serge Ibaka had an amazing Yeah, he was a beast. Dude, he's been so... Incredible. You know who I'm sick of watching play? Is Danny Green. He makes the dumbest mistakes on the court. Why are you fouling... He was huge in Game (laughs) 3. He was fouling Steph Curry 45 feet away from the hoop. Stopping the clock and giving Steph Curry free throws. He made some really uh, stupid Kyle, decisions. Kyle Lowry did that a few times, too. Dude, I think Danny Green is more of a liability than Kyle Lowry on that court. I don't know. He His shot wasn't falling like we thought it would uh, after Game 3, but his length 
I think it's smart to put him defensively on Curry because of his length. It makes it harder for Curry to get away and get space. Is it, though? Danny Green can't hit a bucket. I mean, it took him forever to hit his first three. It took him forever to hit his first shot. It wasn't until the second quarter. No. It was a late second or early third quarter. He finally made his late second quarter. He made his first shot. And, I mean, like, defensively, he's slow. Um... Yeah, dude. I man, he's I think he's such a just such a liability for the Raptors. Oh, I I disagree. I disagree. He was he saved them in game 3. Uh he has struggled with his shot a little bit, but I don't think he's a liability. Defensively, he's a liability. He can't play defense. He's a liability defensively. All right, last thoughts on this game tonight. Keys for both teams. Okay, I'll give you one for each team. Then we've got to get to break here. Uh, for This is a lot of pressure on him, but for the Warriors, Kevin Durant's got to make shots. If he's going to be in there, he's got to be productive. If he's not productive, we got to get him out. Because you can't just have another guy standing on the court not being productive, and then it just puts more pressure on Steph Curry to have to be that guy. And as we've seen, Steph Curry starting to really get exhausted very quickly. Uh, he feels the weight. Uh, on the other side, composure. Look, it's game five of the NBA Finals. You have a chance to clinch it for the first time in franchise history. We understand. You understand what's at stake. Whatever happens, you got to keep your composure. You know that Golden State is going to throw their best punch. Stay composed. I, I, I like that. I was going to use a different C word. I was going to say comfortable. Don't get comfortable. There you go. If you're Toronto. There you go. If you a develop a little one. bit of a lead, Ooh, man, like don't feel like you've got it. Uh, because Golden State can snatch it away quickly. And I think if for, for Golden State, uh, this premium ball movement, uh, get guys involved. Uh, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, your two injured stars, have to give you something tonight to get this series back to Oracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, And uh, just know that Golden State's going to come out and throw a haymaker, take it, and then go throw one back. It's going to be a fun game five, Eric. Oh, it's going to be delicious. This has been fun. I've really liked this NBA Finals. I have not been excited about a game five that is a 3-1 series in my life. And for some reason, this brings so much intrigue. By the way... Do you secretly hope that it goes more? No. I, I want Raptors to, see to it drag fin- out. I, I want to see the Raptors finally get one. And how cool would it be that it took Kawhi to get there? That the risk of taking Kawhi and trading all they traded and people making fun of Toronto for doing it, and you're this close to an NBA championship... Would love to see it. And by the way, quick stat: the team that if when a team wins two games on the road in the NBA Finals and is up three one, is thirty three and zero in the NBA Finals. Wow! Another fun stat: Toronto has never lost a game five. When what? They, when they have been in a game five, they've never lost it. <laughs> what? Oh man! Okay, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, another story in the NBA. A player that's had a great career is calling it quits. He's going to retire. A guy that could have landed in a Jazz uniform. How differently would the Jazz futures have been had they selected him over someone else? We'll talk about that. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Don't forget, Game 5 tonight, 7 o'clock on ABC. Golden State now a one-point favorite where they opened. Toronto opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite on Saturday morning. That That's a lot of movement. <laughs> but uh, another big story happening today in the NBA. Well, two two stories we really want to hit on. But one of them is that longtime Spurs point guard Tony Parker is hanging it up. He says it's time. He says, if, if um, I don't want to play basketball anymore. He says that uh, if he can't be Tony Parker anymore, then he doesn't want to play. He uh, should have retired last year. Yeah, he went to Charlotte. There was no sense in going to Charlotte for one it year. It just didn't really seem to work out there. Um. 
But you know, here's a guy that he's 37 years old, played in 1,254 regular season games, averaging 15.5 points, 5.6 assists, 2.7 rebounds. He was the NBA Finals MVP in 2007. He won NBA titles in 2003, 2005, 2007, and 2014. And he was selected 28th overall in the NBA draft in 2001. The Utah Jazz were ahead of that. And instead, Jazz selected... Lopez. Oh, Lopez. Yeah. We, uh, even when we weren't... Even when we were sober, we made bad decisions. Uh, so, so get this, man. In one class of Hall of Fame class, of the ballot's going to look like this with the top three candidates: Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant. I would imagine that they're going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. Imagine. I mean, unless, my guess. unless some guys Should like be. you know what? Forget it. Unless someone's on drugs. Two years later, the ballot's going to look like this. Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, Tony Parker. There's some great players. Good night. Great, great players. Hey, uh, you know, I disagree with your decision that, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I uh, I think that Brian Scalabrini should have made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> How different do you think it would have been in Utah if they selected Parker instead of Lopez? They'd be, they would have been better. They would have been absolutely better. Now, he would have been playing alongside Andre Kirilenko. Darren Williams. <laughs> well, I don't know if the Jazz even get Darren Williams. Well, when was he drafted? Williams came later. Did he? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, yeah, well, then you're not even looking at Darren Williams. Um, I think it works. I, I just think the mentality of Tony Parker, I mean, now would he have been loyal to Utah? I have no clue. Not a single idea. I would imagine that he would have been, though. Uh, and I I don't know. I think they make more conference final appearances. Whether they win those or not, I'm not sure. Because um, he would have been the heir apparent after John Stockton. Yeah. And he would have been a darn good one, too. Better than what we were dealing with. That crap show. That was a mess. That was so messy. Uh, yeah. No, I, I and I think Jerry Sloan would have loved him. Absolutely loved him. Um. But great career for Tony Parker. Yeah. Great uh, competitor. Uh, certainly benefited with some of the teammates that he got to play Is he alongside. a first ballot Hall of Famer, yes or no? Tony Parker? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I, I kind of wonder. He's a four-time NBA champion. He was an he, NBA Finals MVP. Yeah, but so is Draymond Green. Think he's going to be a first-time Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer? Depends what the class looks uh, yeah, like when depends, he gets there. Yes, depends. There's a lot of depends. I'm not talking about. Has there Adult ever been a, uh, a finals MVP that you think was not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Andre Iguodala? Yeah, he definitely he definitely won't be. Some people are like calling him that already. You know, like, I don't I don't know that he's gonna be maybe he gets in, but he's not first ballot. Wow, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Iguodala. He's a finals MVP. He is. One oh. other note to pass along, the uh USA's World Cup roster. We're talking basketball. Mm, the FIBA team. It's been released, and uh, it started. It was released today. And there's some great, great players on this list. It's an interesting mix of great scorers, good defensive guys, like big time stars, up and coming stars, and young talent. And uh, it's been put together by Greg Popovich and Jerry Colangelo. And there's a total of 20 players that are invited to this training camp. I'm not going to go through all 20 for the sake of time. But six of the new players that were announced that have never been on a national team, uh, one of those includes Donovan Mitchell. And so it, this, this isn't the who, full complement that will go to compete at the, national, yeah. at the uh, World Cup, we'll, the FIBA World Cup. Yeah. But they start practices in August, and basically he's working with them to, to make the team. Who's the other five guys, really quickly? Brooke Lopez, Kyle oh. Kuzma, yeah, Jason Tatum, yes, PJ Tucker, and no. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap's on there. Yeah, first oh. time he's never been included in this. Dude, I don't know why. Is Gordon Hayward still on that list? No, right. he is not on the list. He didn't make it. <laughs> to nobody's surprise. 
but it includes James Harden, Anthony Davis, Kimba Walker, Damian Lillard, <laughs> C.J. McCollum, Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, Harrison Barnes, Kyle Lowry, Eric Gordon, Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, and Miles Turner. There, I read them all. I said I wasn't going to, but I just did. I just made you, though. Miles is an interesting selection, too. I guess he was on last year's squad, so he'd have to, or that last team, so he'd have to be on this one. Interesting. Well, I'm happy for Donovan. Hopefully, well, it's because they like defensive big men. Yeah, and that's, that's why Andre Drummond's because you got that's the why scores. Miles Turner's there. Yeah. Well, that's yep. cool. I hope Donovan does well in front of Popovich because Popovich is a fan of him. He's he's been very vocal about that kid. That's a great roster. It'll be uh, honestly, I think it'll be. It might be tough. Oh yeah. Because he has to pare down to twelve. Yeah. It'll be twelve who make the final roster. The tournament starts on September first with pool games being played in Shanghai. China. It'd be great if he made it. I wouldn't hold my breath, though. It's a great experience for him, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. To associate with some of the best in the NBA, to see what their work ethics are, to see what's required of them, and to showcase himself. Dude, not a bad summer. You're hanging out with Dwayne Wade to work out. You got your Adidas shoe tour, whatever, in July. You're going to play with some of the greatest players in the world in in August. Yeah, I hope that improves his game. I think we saw... Gordon Hayward had that opportunity, and I think it helped him. He lost minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, in the end, didn't work out so great. No. That'll do it for us tonight, everybody. Have a great one. Good night. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. With the Toronto Raptors up 3-1 on the Warriors, the media is scrambling to make sense of the team north of the border. We knew that, historically, they would be good in the regular season, but then fall apart in the playoffs. Now they're on the brink of a title. Only one team in NBA history has blown a 3-1 lead in the finals, and that was Golden State in 2016. Knocking out the Warriors is still a tall task, but if they achieve that, we're going to have to change the way we think about the Raptors. Sometimes the media is like a giant cruise ship. It takes a long time to turn around. Now we're slowly coming to realize who Toronto is. Kawhi Leonard is in the discussion for the best player in the league. Kyle Lowry no longer a postseason disappointment. Pascal Siakam is a rising star. But maybe I'm moving a bit too fast because they still need one more win over a team that we know can play at a championship level at any moment. They'd better. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.